Chapter number 16 of The Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashank Jakmola. The Homesteader by Oscar Michaud. Epoch the First. Bill Prescott proposes. Summertime over the prairie country. Summertime when the rainfall has been abundant is a time of happiness to all settlers in a new land, and such a summer it was in the land of our story. God had been unusually kind to the settlers. He had blessed them with abundant moisture, with sunshine, not too warm and not too cold. The railroad was under course of construction and would be completed far enough west for the settlers from the most remote part, from the farthest corner of the reservation to journey with their grain or hogs, chicken or cattle to it, and return to home the same day. And now the fields which had been seeded to winter wheat had turned to gold. Only a few thousand acres had been sowed over the county, and of this amount, 130 acres grew on the homestead of Jean Baptiste. The season for its growth had been ideal, and the prospects for a bumper yield was the best, ripe now and ready to cut. The air was filled with its aroma. He had brought a new self-binder from Gregory, which now stood in the yard ready for action, its various colors green, red, blue and white, resplendent in the sunlight. So now we see Jean Baptiste, the cheerful, Jean Baptiste, the hopeful, with hopes in a measure about realized. Jean Baptiste, the Ethiopian in a country where he alone was black. He whistles at times, he sings, he is merry, cheery, and gay. But while Jean Baptiste was happy, cheerful, and gay, there was in him what has been, what always will be that which makes us appreciate the courage that is in some men. Bill Prescott, from the first day he had seen Agnes, had considered a match between her and himself a suggestive proposition. Bill Prescott might be referred to as a feature. He was not so fortunate as to have been born handsome and could not be called attractive. He had not, moreover, improved the situation by cultivation of wit, of art or pride. The West had meant no more to him than had the East, the South or the West Indies, for that matter. Because Bill had no homestead, no deeded land, and had not tried to get any. His wealth consisted of a few horses, among which an old, worn-out, bought-on-credit stallion was his pride. Of the stallion Bill talked. He told of his pedigree, tracing him back almost to the ark. He was fond of tobacco, was Bill Prescott. He chewed, apparently, all the time. He had lost his front teeth, wore his thin hair long, and upon his small head a hat, oiled to the point where its age was a matter for conjecture. He had apparently appreciated that the wind blew outrageously over those parts at times, and, therefore, had hung a leather string to his hat which he pulled down of the back of his head to hold his hat in place. This succeeded in frumpling the long, thin hair and kept it in a disheveled condition. 
now bill had been a frequent caller at the steward's home since they had come west he did not always take the trouble to remove his hat when inside that he was fond of agnes was apparent and smiled always upon seeing her and at such times showed where his front teeth had been but where tobacco more frequently now was with lazy delight he called his day wearing a clean patched jumper over his cotton shirt when once inside sprawling his legs before him and while jack stewart worked in the sun outside repairing harness he said to agnes well old girl how do you like to marry agnes changed colour a few times before she could decide whether to answer or not in the meantime patient and in no hurry bill grinned with pleasure at the ease with which he had started showed tobacco where his teeth had been and spat a pound of juice with plenty of drippings trailing out the window by which she sat it made considerable argument getting through the screen but succeeded finally most of it the remainder clung hesitated wavered and finally giving up dripped slowly to the ledge below doggone myself said bill getting up heavily from his chair and going to the window and thumping it lightly whereupon the hesitant amber dashed in many directions about agnes had observed it all with calm disgust bill however not the least perturbed over his apparent breach of impropriety became receipted and resumed well she turned her eyes slowly toward him surveyed him coldly and continued at her sewing bill muttered something she regarded him again with cold disdain ha ha he laughed loudly you don't pretend to hear me ha 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 then i guess you're stuck on that nigger you got a hangin round here will you go she cried as she quickly jumped to her feet and swung open the door she controlled herself with considerable effort oh ho so that's how you treat a white man and honor a damn nigger and with that he dashed out and paused to where the senior worked away over his harness jack stewart saw and heard bill approaching without looking up he greeted aha william and how are you today bill was struck with a sudden inspiration in his way he really liked agnes and it was all settled in his mind to wed her he realized now that he had rather bungled matters and thereupon decided to exercise a little more discretion so choking down the anger that was in him and swallowing a bit of tobacco juice at the same time he said to stewart good morning ah by the way jack i'd like to marry agnes so saying he was pleased with himself again and spat tobacco juice more easily in the next squirt jack continued working at his harness for the moment he did not appear to comprehend but presently he raised his eyes with the old style glasses before them and surveyed bill slowly you want to do what he said uncomprehendingly to marry agnes bill repeated calmly he paused looked away sucked his soft mouth clean of amber and spat it trickingly at jack's feet and looked up at jack with a wondrous smile now jack stewart was possessed with certain virtues he did not smoke 
chew, drink, swear, nor shave. He was rather put out, but with considerable effort at self-control he managed to say, Well, if that's the way you feel about it, why don't you take it up with the girl? Bill hesitated at this point, sucked his mouth clear again of tobacco juice, cleared his throat, spat the juice, and, after a hasty glance toward the house, decided not to mention that he had spoken with Agnes. He replied, Well, I thought it best to speak to you, and, if it's all right with you, it ought to be all right with the gal. Jack Stewart drew up and then tried to relax. He did not think so much of Bill, but he did think the world of Agnes and wanted her respected by everybody. Moreover, he did not like to hear her galled. He turned to William. He regarded him keenly, and then, in a voice and words that were English, but accent that was very much Scotch, the which we will not attempt to characterize, he said, You're a joke. Just a great big joke. He paused briefly and then continued, I'd like to be patient with you, but honestly, with you, it wouldn't pay. You are not worth it, and in so far as my girl, any girl is concerned, I cannot imagine how you could even expect them to be interested. He paused and looked away, too full up to go ahead. In the meantime, he heard Bill, Is that so? It is so, cried Stewart with a touch of vehemence. Cat, see yourself. See how you go. Don't you observe what's around you close enough to see that girls want some sedatedness. They admire in some measure cleverness, clothes, and, well, manhood. So I don't guess I have it, retorted William, sneeringly. Oh, you bore me, Jack returned disgustingly. He bent to his work in an attempt to forget it, and then he again heard from Bill. So that's the way you got it figured out, eh? He drew his mouth tight shut. He gave another soft sug that drew his skin close to his gums, and with his tongue he cleared his mouth and spat tobacco juice and all in a soft lump at Stuart's feet and said in an unconcealed anger, So that's the way you got me figured out, and I want to say now that I don't think I want your girl anyhow. I'm a white man, I am, and what white man would want a girl that a nigger is allowed to hang around and court? Jack Stewart was struck below the belt. He was fouled, and for a time everything went dark around him. He was so angry. He did not know what Jean Baptiste had saved him from losing his stock or being forced to sell them. He had never connected Baptiste and Agnes as being other than friends, and friends they had a right to be. But Jack Stewart did regard Jean Baptiste as a gentleman, and gentlemen he respected. His knockout, therefore, was brief. He soon recovered. He could not speak, he could not even stammer, but with a sudden twitch of the tug his hands held. He came away around with it, and the heavy leather took Bill fairly in the mouth, in the middle of the mouth, and then Jack caught his voice, and ready for another swing, but not before Bill found something too. It was his feet. You stinking low-down pup, cried Stewart, falling over from the force of the swing he had missed. You trash of the sand hills, you tobacco-chewing ragamuffin! Getting his balance and turning after William madly, he resumed, You orny, nasty, filthy hound! If I get my hands on you, I swear to God I'll kill you! But Bill Prescott now held the advantage. He was younger and more fleet of foot, 
so therefore outran Jack, who was left before he reached the gate far to the rear, and Bill gained his side of the wide road with a safe lead. Jack finally came to a stop before getting off the premises with his blood boiling with such heat that he drew his hat off and beat himself with it. In the meantime, Agnes, who had witnessed the controversy from the gate, ventured out to where her father stood and, taking him gently by the arm, she held him inside. My blood's up, my blood's up! Jack kept crying and repeating, That stinking, trifling piece of nothing has been getting smart, trying to low-rate me, trying to low-rate my girl, insulting Jean Baptiste. Dang him! Dang him! Father! Father! cried Agnes soothingly. Did you hear him? Did you hear him? Why the low-down good-for-nothing? I'm a good mind to go across the road and skin him alive. Father! Father! begged Agnes. Did you hear what he said? insisted the infuriated senior. Yes, father, she confessed. I heard him. You did, and that's worse. Whereupon he tore loose and threw up his arms in an angered gesture. Now, papa, argued Agnes kindly. I heard him, and what he said to you. He was in here and in so spoke to me before he went out there. I understand all about it, so you must simply be calm and forget it, that's all. I don't care so much for myself, but that he should speak about you and Baptiste. I just want Baptiste could have heard him and just beat the gosh dang manure right out of him. Please be quiet, Papa. Forget Bill Prescott and what he has tried to insinuate. We understand him and what he is, and we understand Mr. Baptiste and what he is, so let us just think of other things. Yes, Haggie, I suppose you're right. You always seem to be right, and I will try to forget it. But I'll say this much, if that orny, lazy cuss ever crosses this road to my place again, I'll thrash him within an inch of his life. You've agreed to forget it, father. I agree again. But it's outrageous that he should say what he did about Jane Baptiste, now isn't it? It is, father, she admitted with downcast eyes. Of course it is. Never was there more of a gentleman in the world than Jane Baptiste. Mr. Baptiste is a real gentleman, acknowledged Agnes again. There never was, and he knows it, the pup. Agnes was strangely silent, with Jack in his excitement overlooked. And even if he should like my girl... Father... Well? Oh, please hush. I will, Aggie, he said slowly. He bent forward presently, folded her close, kissed her, and then, placing his hat on his head, went back to his work. End of chapter number 16 Bill Prescott Proposes